Yo, what's good, guys? Welcome back to the Game Six Clay Pod. Just like Clay Thompson, we're making a return this year. Um, draft, everything coming right at you. Matt, Charlie, what's up, guys? It's been a minute. Um, let's get let's get this thing rolling, man. How you guys been? How's how's the off season treating you guys? Um, let's hear a little one one off season takeaway for each of you, just in, in general. Yeah, I guess I'll start, man. Coming back from the proverbial Achilles injury, making right Game Six Clay comeback, man. Um, Off-season's been good. Excited to get back into it. That teacher life is taking me back to school tomorrow, so that's a little frustrating. That's all good. Charlie, what's going on, man? I've been, you know, uh, working hard, getting my draft content in as well, you know, grinding on that tape. I've been been waiting for this one for a while. Yes, sir. Uh, My uh, my rehab's been going great. You know, I just got back in the gym last week. Uh, You know, just getting, getting some shots up. Um, trying to make sure that we get the get these picks going, maybe make a nice trade on draft night. Who knows? But uh, let's just uh, let's get right into it, boys. It's been a great season last year. Obviously, um, you know, ups and downs the whole way. We covered it um, the entire year. Um, but you know, as we always said last year, last season was kind of a stepping stone. Obviously, like we said earlier, Clay going down kind of kind of threw a little wrench into the plans. But you know, we're right back on schedule now. We got Clay. Hopefully, he's going to be fully healthy. Sometime going into 2022, um, and draft night is this Thursday, and this is kind of a reset of where we were a year ago. We thought last year it was the Warriors. Draft night was the day to kick off this kind of dynasty 2.0, but um, it seems like this Thursday a lot of moves are going to be going down. So Matt, uh, Charlie, um, obviously let's uh, let's uh, want to hear your takes, man. I want to hear what you guys think about the off season, um, the moves the Warriors have made coaching wise, and then going forward into Thursday. What are you looking forward to? What would you like to see happen on draft night? Yeah, I got to give a shout out to for the Warriors for hiring Kenny Atkinson. I'm surprised he didn't get a look for a head coaching job. I mean, huge hire, huge hire. He ran some incredible offense. And I think the way he put that team together in Brooklyn is definitely going to help with how Kerr develops this team, having some fresh perspectives that'll give different looks to the playbook as well will be a huge thing because I think one of the things we got most frustrated with last year is the Warriors getting stagnant and running the same plays, running the same concepts, the same exact rotations every single night. Like there's got to be a little more variety and I think Atkinson will definitely bring that. Yeah. I also want to commend Kerr on that note, just because he had that interview. I think it was with someone with the athletic, but he talked about just how he felt that Atkinson was the most different from him. And that's kind of why he hired him. So Props to Kerr for recognizing the need for a little more spice and variety in the offense with the team. So, Charlie, I totally agree, man. And it seems, too, that the way the Warriors are headed right now, that they're probably working towards a resolution with Kelly Oubre, which is, you know, probably saw the writing on the wall with the whole bench comments that went down. And I think that's a bit of a bummer, a bit of a cloud hanging over them. But hopefully this Brad Beal chatter starts to – really heat up and make yes, the Warriors sir. fans forget about all that. So on that note, Gotham, what do you – draft is Thursday, man. You asked the question first, but what do you, what do you want to see happen Thursday? Um, so I, I've been kind of going back and forth with this. Um, obviously, you know, having the 7th, 14th pick, um, it gives you a lot of leverage in uh, going into the draft, um, you know, two lottery picks. Um, but I, I keep coming back to, you know, when we signed KD and we had the opportunity to, you know, re-sign Harrison Barnes, a lot of chatter was, you know, adding somebody like KD to the roster. Don't know how it's really going to fit. 
blah, blah, blah. But when you have the opportunity to go out and get somebody like a Kevin Durant, a Bradley Beal, guys who are going to come in and really make a difference with this team, especially with the timelines that we have with our current guys, I think you gotta you you gotta you gotta go for it. I think um, just imagining Bradley Beal next to Steph and Clay, Draymond. I mean, we were seeing Steph getting quadruple teamed and guys getting great open shots and still being so efficient. So I think just having just a multitude of star power on that team, regardless of whoever else is on the roster. I mean, I think we're gonna see another great Steph season. Um, there's no indication for him slowing down. Clay's obviously gonna take some time getting back to you know what he was. Hopefully. But even if he gets to whatever, 75%, 80%, you have something like Bradley Beal who can be that go-to scorer when, you know, we saw a lot of times last season when we just needed a bucket and Steph was, you know, getting quadruple team or whatever. We didn't – there wasn't a guy that would, you know, step up. And, you know, sometimes it would be Wiggins, Oubre. But you guys, if you have some guy, a guy like Beal, he's going to only help his team. So I think you got to go out and at least, you know, see what the market's saying. And if you got to pull the trigger, pull the trigger, man. Like, it's, it's going to be – So you're, you're saying, man, if Beal says, I'm done – Thursday, you want to see those picks getting moved. If he, if it's on the table, and if it's nothing, I, I'm also, I'm also on the side of don't mortgage the future. I totally get that, but can't be both, man. It, I think, I think it could be. I think we could find a way to make it work. But I, I get you, and it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But you know, if it, our, our championship window is the next three to five years, Bradley Beal fits in that timeline, and I think you just got to go for it. I think you got to go get him. So, I. I totally agree. I think I'm of the mindset where um, obviously it's, it's dependent upon a, a deal being available, right? Um, the yeah, right 100%. guy. I think Beal obviously being available, I think it's uh, I think it's close to a no-brainer. You know what I mean? The guy averaged 30 points a game last year um, on a team and that was Steph similarly – Yeah, yeah exactly, man. On a team that was similarly offensively challenged, the Warriors. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal. And just getting a guy like that, I think you got to do what you have to to get up uh, to get on that deal. Um, what about – there's also talks of Siakam. There's been talks of Miles Turner, a little bit of talk of Brogdon in there. Charlie, where do you fall in the Beal, Brogdon, Turner, Siakam uh, chatter right now? I think Brogdon is the most interesting one to me if the Warriors can make a deal work because I think having that secondary playmaker next to Steph is so important. And realistically, even though Miles Turner, he adds to the defense a lot, but the defense was – excellent last season that wasn't really the problem and he's not going to go out there and like get you self-created buckets he's not really good in the pick and roll he's just a decent shooter and overall I think a guy like Brogdon who can actually create his own offense he runs pick and roll well he's a solid shooter in his own right and we know he can go out there and give you consistent points he's not going to be on Beal's level of going out and giving you 30 a night but he'll give you high teens and with efficiency. And I think that's the important thing that the Warriors are going to be after. So if you had to choose, I put a poll out earlier, you got 19 responses, pretty thrilled. Um, you have to choose between Beal, Brogdon, or Brogdon, Turner, and Siakam. I don't know how the logistics work with Brogdon and Turner both coming, but what's the ideal trade move that both of y'all want to see? I'm definitely going for Brogdon in that. And I think Siakam is just a tough fit because I know he's an incredibly talented player, but they're just so reluctant to play Draymond at the five. And I don't really see Siakam fitting in that well as a three. And the Warriors are just really reluctant with those rotations. And I don't know if Kerr can make it work enough. I mean, I think in the postseason it would be incredible, but I think they also need horses for the regular season as well. And they can't afford to sacrifice their positioning and have to run through a bunch of really tough teams in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I kind of go back and forth with that. I like Brogdon a lot as well. I mean, for a lot of the reasons you said, good playmaker, good solid defender. Um, things that kind of scare me are just he's again, it's he's 29. I think Beal's 28 or going to be 28, so it's a year difference, but it can make a difference, especially with a guy like Brogdon who's had um, some injury concerns the last couple of years. I do like the fit. Um, I think it obviously cost you less than a Beal. I I do wonder um, how much that improves your upside, though. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. If Beal if Beal's on the table out of those three, then I'm for sure okay. going with Beal. I didn't okay. hear him slip in there, but yeah, that's I think my best case scenario for this week is Washington's picking three times, like, and we just get to go hands off because you know what the best case got- scenario is is uh, Westbrook going to the Lakers because that means first of all, we know the Warriors love guarding Westbrook for one. That's like one of their they enjoy it. Uh, and two, if Westbrook's out, Beal's no, out. Beal's out. He's coming home, baby. It's curtains. Send him over. Um, what are you guys – are you guys at all concerned about the chatter of Beal preferring Boston, or is it way too early to even worry about that right now? I mean, I don't really – I mean, for him, I think it's just him trying to go to a winning franchise, and whether that be, you know, Boston, Philly, or I think the Warriors, Boston, Philly were the three ones that he threw out. Um I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's whoever can offer the most to the Wizards. And with two lottery picks, a guy like Wiseman, you know, Wiggins, you know, whoever else that we do end up uh, throwing in that package, I think the Warriors have the most to offer. So assets-wise, um, I'd say we're at the top of the list. Um, there's no reason um, – like, there's no reason to be afraid. But, um, you know, obviously if he does get traded elsewhere, I mean, there's nothing you can do. We At the end of the day, we still have two lottery picks, um, even if the tra- uh, deal doesn't go through. And you know, drafting two young guys at seven and 14 that are going to come in and, you know, really make an impact um, going forward for this season. Uh, I think it's a win-win situation either way. Do you guys, do you feel like that? Cause I kind of go, I go back and forth with that as well. So Beal doesn't happen. Let's say Beal says, I want to stay in Washington this week. Okay. Um, the next preference, Charlie, it sounds like your next preference is Brogdon or is that just trade preferences or at that case, do you want to see the Warriors keep the picks? I, I've come around to the idea that staying at seven and 14 and drafting them and expecting both to be contributors alongside Wiseman is just not a good idea. Like if you're expecting to contend, just counting on all these young players to be performing consistently, especially when it comes to the playoffs is just not going to work. And as much as I do love some of the players, they'd be able to get with that. I think you have to use one of seven or 14 to make some sort of short-term upgrade and that pick still has enough value if you're looking at moving seven for a Brogdon or a Miles Turner, too, if it gets you there. Even Marcus Smart, if there's a way that Boston has a roster squeeze, I think he'd be a decent enough fit. Maybe if you're in, like, the 14 territory. But I just think, you know, especially if it's a guy like Kuminga who's on the board, like, there are going to be teams that are going to jump all over that and really over – price that and I don't think he's the kind of guy who can fit on the Warriors roster at all yeah I mean I agree I think uh like you said Sean I think one of those picks needs to be shipped um regardless of what happens I think right now the roster's at such a not necessarily precarious position but we're in a we're in a spot where you know we got our, we got our old heads the core um and then we got you know young guys that are still figuring out their way to how they're going to fit into this roster obviously new coaching staff coming in so to be able to, you know, put out somebody or to ha- to get somebody else that can contribute right away is a proven, you know, commodity in the NBA. I think just going forward and making the transition easier for the for the regular season as we go into the playoffs, that way everybody meshes together. 
um, and, you know, make that championship run in this next coming season. So I do think one of those picks, like you said, Charlie has to be, has to be shipped out. Um, but um, the, I guess the trades that do happen or do go down, that's where like my, I'm not sure exactly what I'd want to see per se. Yeah. I think it sounds like we're all on the same page in that um, they can't use both those picks. Like both those picks mm-hmm. cannot be in the roster next year. If they have, if they have a, I mean, it was Chris Duarte, I think he's 24 years old or something like that. Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong. 23, 24. How old is that guy? Like that. 24. 24 <laughs> yeah. years old. You know what I mean? That's, I guess that's, that's, he's a guy who I guess I've heard a couple times could, get 8 million on the open market right now if you were a free agent which is awesome um it, it freaks me out to think of Steph and Draymond especially being pissed off at the organization and they're I obviously putting pressure right now oh for sure I mean it's, it's good stuff it. you know like you want to see them make some moves um but if they go with both those picks you got to imagine that's gonna upset at least one of those guys and those are kind of the two most important guys as far as um satisfying so I, I think yeah that you, you can't go in the roster go into next season with both those picks in the roster uh with two projects especially Kaminga for example Charlie what do you speaking of Kaminga I wanted to ask if he's at seven Charlie if he's there do you take him just for the sole purpose of having an asset like that to move if he's purely an asset then I think it's a fine move like if they are of the mindset of this guy's not even going to play or maybe he plays for the first half of this season and we see how things go at the trade deadline. I think it's a reasonable thing to do. And I think I do think there would be teams calling up to seven, and there could be some trades that formulate out of that if Kaminga falls, because it seems right now there's at least a decent chance that Scotty Barnes is going to jump into that top five, perhaps to uh, perhaps to Orlando at five, and Book Knight could easily jump to six there could be some talk of Giddy at five. So it looks like Kuminga could be available. And I don't see a way where he coexists on this roster right now because we saw with Wiseman, like a guy who is that early in his development just really can't fit into this roster that quickly and contribute to a team that wants to contend. And it's just a mistake they can't make again. So if you want to, if you want to draft him and trade him, go ahead because teams will definitely jump on that value. So, 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 oh, my back, my. Oh, go ahead. Good. No, so I was going to say, so is there any, so is there a player, Charlie, that you see at, at seven, if, if they fall or is available that you think can make an impact right away on the roster? Like, who do you think is that player? If we, if we were to take both those picks, who, who would you want? So I think if they are staying at seven, there are a few interesting names there. I think a lot of it depends on who falls in the draft. As much as I love Scotty Barnes, I don't think he's going to be there. And if he is, he's the kind of guy they can't really afford to take. I really, really love Moses Moody at that spot. I think not only his defense, his length fits into what this team is going to be trying to do in the short term. He could replace a lot of what Wiggins does if Wiggins is on his way out with a trade or down the road. He's an incredible shooter on the movement, on the catch. And the thing I really like most about him is he's got an aggressive ISO game. Like he's got a jab step that is very legit. And I think having a guy that has a little sprinkle of that self, uh, that self-driven scoring, then it can really help this roster along in the short term. And even though he's only 19, I think, I think he's a guy who has a lot of skills that can translate right away. The other one 
I'm really got my eyes on too is Franz Wagner. I think for a lot of the same reasons, he's not the same kind of athlete, but six foot nine, he's an incredible decision maker. He's got some shooting skills as well. And he's the kind of guy Kerr would be all over as a guy who can play right away. So I, I hear, keep hearing different things about Moody. So as far as, as far as readiness goes, you think Charlie, he could come in right away and be a backup two guard or small forward. Yeah, I think him being a backup wing is a reasonable expectation. I think just having that much defense and that much shooting ability will definitely translate right away. And you see teams that are more hesitant to sort of put pressure on their rookies, like the Spurs, for example, having a guy like Devin Vassell, who they took at six last year. You know, he only got limited minutes, like 15 to 20 minutes, but still strong defense, efficient shooting. Like when asked upon, he was there. And that's the kind of guy Moody is where I think just the three and D will translate right away. And the Warriors will be able to give him the room to start to develop those other skills and start to work on the playmaking, the isolation scoring, being a better help defender. A lot of those things that will turn him more into that star player that they'd hope he can be. Is there any chance he's available at 14 if they trade seven? No. I mean – I think there are some interesting promises. Like there are some interesting things around like what Wagner has been promised nine by the Kings, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, but I think there's just so much talent on the board that even, even with a guy like Moody, like he's, he's going to get snapped up by someone, whether it's the Pelicans, even if the Grizzlies get up to 10 in that rumored trade um, with Bledsoe which could be ugly, <laughs> but uh, another guy I look at seven who could slide down to 14, I think is Zaire Williams. The guy had a pretty in, like rough season at Stanford and still showcased a lot of his ridiculous talent. He had like a triple double in one of his games, just showcased all this defense shooting things that the Warriors are going to love. And he somehow just grew two inches in the off season. And so the guy's pushing 6'11 now. And imagine having our own 6'11 shooter in this lineup next to Clay and stuff already. That's pretty nice, man. That's uh, don't tell me with a good time. Is that – is that's the thing. I don't, Charlie, you know a lot better than I do, obviously. Like, are there – do you feel like any of these guys – and Moody, you said, as a backup, do you feel like any of these guys are guys who can step up in a playoff atmosphere next year? I think Wagner could do it. I mean, he's a little more experienced. I think he's the kind of guy that I would more trust in that role. Um, another guy who I'd think about more at 14 is Jared Butler. And really happy for him that he was able to get cleared for his heart condition. Like the NBA is so thorough with evaluating these guys and making sure that they're actually physically clear. And it's always scary when you think like, oh man, like this guy that we've been watching and like, you know, saw the guy go all the way to the national championship and he may have not ever been able to play, mm -hmm. but he's just an incredible player. Like defensively, he's so, he's so solid. He's an unreal shooter in motion. I think he's just so clutch too. Like he just has that in him where he's willing to step up and take the ball and take those shots and, it's starting to become less of a hot take, but like, I think he's the better Baylor guard by far. And honestly, our worst case scenario is just like taking Davion Mitchell at seven because we think he can like contribute right away. And I think that's just the scenario where they can waste that sort of talent because 
you still need to shoot for a little bit of upside if you're keeping the picks. Yeah, fortunately, most of the reports I've seen have been that there's not a lot of not a lot of actual smoke at the seven pick for Warriors Mitchell. Um, yeah. And thankfully, none of the guys at the Athletic are in charge of drafting because <laughs> they all seem to love that guy. Like he's the second coming of I don't I don't even know, man, Derrick Rose. You know, yeah, so, I don't I don't get the hype. Like guy can't shoot, like so. I don't mind it at fourteen. I don't mind it at fourteen. Fourteen. I don't. I don't want him at seven. Um, um, but um, so Charlie, realistically, so going into so going on the draft Thursday night. So what do you think realistically happens? Like if you had to put money on it right now, what do you what do you see happening? And Matt, I'll, uh, you next. I want to. I want to know what you guys think. I think so. Obviously, it all depends on whether or not they trade Beal for Beal. Because if they do, all those picks are gone. Wiseman's probably gone. Like. That's what you do for that kind of guy. And do you see that, that happening draft night? Like, you, do you see that trade happening on draft night or before? Like, you think it's going to be? I would – my guess would be that it would have to happen before the draft. I mean, I think that would be a tentative timeline where the Wizards are going to have to know, like, reasonably that they're getting these players gotcha. because I think they would be less comfortable with the idea of the Warriors taking guys and then having to trade for them later on. They're going to want to have a say in who gets drafted with those picks. So it'll definitely have to happen at least sometime beforehand. I still think there's a scenario where the Warriors could pull off a smaller trade, like a Brogdon or a Miles Turner trade during the draft. So I think what would be most realistic is the Warriors walking out of there with one of those picks staying on the roster and the other outgoing in a trade for a veteran. My gut uh, is not on the same page as Charlie, unfortunately. I don't know. I had this feeling that we're walking out there with both picks on uh, on Thursday. I don't know what it is. Um, I just have this – just a lot of the talk from Myers, and I know Lake has been making a couple appearances. It just sounds like they want those picks. Um, I don't know what the field situation is going to look like. Obviously, it's been up in the air for a long time. That's why I mentioned earlier I'm, I'm really hoping the – the Warriors or the Lakers uh, Wizards traction really heats up because if Westbrook's gone, that's kind of the best case scenario for Beal ask out. Um, but yeah, I, I would guess my, my gut right now says both picks are, are going to be um, made by Golden State for Golden State Thursday, but I hope I'm wrong. I actually, I mean, like we all said earlier, having both those picks would be kind of a, kind of a, it'd be a bummer going into the season, having two, two young guys in the team. So I hope one of 14 and seven goes out, but uh, just right now, that's the way I'm leaning. Gotham, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. It kind of reminds me of the trade deadline when we thought Uwe was getting dealt. And there was something that kind of – it felt like, you know, as as time got closer that nothing was going to happen. Uh, I'm with you, Matt. I don't think – I don't think – I hope we're wrong, but I, I don't see anything major happening, at least leading up to the draft and on draft night. I think, like you said, Myers and Myers and Lakeup have come out talking about, you know, keeping draft capital and, um, you know, building for the future as well. So. Um, I, I'm really curious to see how the players, uh, especially Steph Draymond, um, especially since they came out and said, um, you know, we want to we want to get somebody established. Um, and I hope that the front office, you know, takes their opinion into consideration. Um, I feel like they've earned that, um, to say the least. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think both of those picks are going to be showing up in San Francisco. Yeah, and it was also, I mean, I think Woj came out today and said basically it's kind of Beeler, it's Beeler bust for Golden Beeler State. Bus. So unless. Um, Washington does, or Bradley Beal does ask out of Washington. I don't see it happening. Uh, a trade, I mean, not Beal going to Golden State unless he asks out. I don't see a trade happening. But who knows? Although we, we did, on Thursday. To, 
to kind of, you know, obviously different sports, but, you know, same, same area. We saw the Niners kind of pull the same kind of stunt with the number three pick, um, kind of tossing a lot of stuff out there and then eventually kind of picking someone that we didn't really see coming um, and Trey Lance, shout out Trey Lance. But, um, you know, hopefully the Warriors are kind of pulling that same kind of mentality, you know, going into this draft um, just because, you know, the, the future of the organization, not like to put it as like a, you know, draft or bust kind of thing, but, you know, we're kind of reaching that time. Clay coming back, Steph, this, these next what, two, three seasons are the ones that um, we're really going to, you know, have a chance to win a championship. And um, especially after watching the playoffs this year, you know, anything can happen. I mean, I think that Warriors team this year, we snuck in, still think we could have made it past uh, the first round. Um, uh, so, I mean, I think anything can happen. Um, just so hope the, hope the front office makes, makes the right decision. I would hope people the Warriors would at least entertain the scenario of, I mean, they should be working the funds heavily going up into the draft and they're going to be teams with a lot of capital interested in moving around. And I think moving back in the draft from one or both of those picks is something that they should heavily consider, not only if it gets them veteran players that they can have for cheap and for multiple years, but just to feel better about the value that they have of those picks. Because if you want to trade back from, you know, seven to 10 and draft uh, Chris Duarte or Davion Mitchell, then I think you can feel a lot better about that. And the fans will feel a lot better about that. Yeah. I think that kind of moves actually, that kind of moves more likely, I think, than a, than a home run trade right now. Uh, I hope, again, I hope not. I hope Beal does ask out. I hope, uh, or I hope they entertain offers for guys like uh, Turner or, or Brogdon, but yeah, Charlie, I think trading back, getting some assets, getting some good players. Uh, who knows? You mentioned Sacramento, um, supposedly having promised Franz Wagner a spot. If you trade back to 10, who knows who's still left there. Could be Moody, could be a book night kind of guy from the sounds of it though. Like you mentioned, book night's probably beyond top six, top seven at this point. But um, is there a, do you think there's any chance Golden State trades up in the draft? I will only think that would happen if a team is in like desperate need of wanting to move back. And they really think that like none of these guys satisfied their value. I would look at a team like Orlando thinking maybe that they should move back, but I just don't see the Warriors having the value and moving all the way up because a lot of the teams, you know, the, the cost to get into that top three is going to be ridiculous. And if you're looking to get to four or five, then, right. you know, yeah, it's not it's not enough of a jump in value. Even if you're getting a top quality prospect, you know, I think you still have to look at the roster right now, and none of these guys are guarantees. You know, you're still you're still looking at just you know one shot at adding a massive talent to the roster. Yeah, there is that I mean, that yeah. uh, that funny not even funny report. I don't want to say. Did you guys see that though with Bobby Marks saying that uh, if the Pistons got an offer of of Wiseman seven fourteen for one in thirty six that have it'd be ridiculous not to take it. <laughs> I did not, but it's not worth it. I mean, I would do it if I'm Golden State if I can grab Cade, but I don't know yeah, if that's but ridiculous. Like, I don't see, I don't see Detroit doing that. You know, just, yeah, Cade's Cade's obviously going to be a generational talent. He looks he looks great. Um, I, I just don't see that with the seven fourteen and Wiseman just that payoff working so. But, hey, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'll, I'll take Kate Cousin. I don't know why people are doing that, too, with, like, you know, Troy Weaver's not an idiot. <laughs> I mean, like, 
they got incredibly lucky. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of teams like called up to the Pelicans when they lucked into the top of the draft with Zion, but it's the same thing. Like, you know, if you are the, if you're the Pistons and you trade away the pick to take Cade and then Cade becomes what everyone thinks he's going to be like, the fans will never forgive you. Like that GM, that's just going to be the thing he did for the rest of his career. So like, even if it makes sense by some metrics that they've put together, like there's no way they pulled the trigger on anything like that. No, you can't do it. If you're, if you're Detroit, I, mean, I don't know why we're advocating for Detroit, but obviously we don't need to. That guy's, he's going to be really good. Um, he's, from what I understand, close to a surefire, surefire star. So I don't see Detroit doing that. Uh, do you guys have any more takes, hopes, dreams uh, for the coming week? Don't mess it up, man. Don't mess it up. That's, that's my only hope. I hope whatever happens, whatever it does, um, you know, go through. I hope it's the right decision. Obviously, it's super, <laughs> super cliche to say, but, you know, we not to, like, shit on the Wiseman pick last year, but we saw how, you know, people were going to react to a pick that might not necessarily pan out. And now having two of those, especially with so much um, just chatter going along, I just – I hope for the team. And, you know, I, I can see the players really not um, – you know, if, if it doesn't work out, I can see the players really come down – I'm not necessarily lashing out or anything, but, you know, really sh- like showcasing the displeasure, which we haven't seen yet. So um, I'm praying for the front office that they make the right decision because there's a lot hanging on this. Yeah, I think it really can't be overstated how important this offseason is. I think last year we kind of called it the same thing, most important offseason in, in recent memory, right? Uh, if, if they mess this up somehow, whether it's picking the wrong guys, not trading for the right guys – uh, whatever it might be. I mean, you do have, you have the greatest player in franchise history um, with the opportunity to extend or become a free agent next year. And obviously I don't think anybody would bet their, their last dollar that, um, that Steph's going to leave, but that's the kind of thing that's on the table right now. He's been pretty clear. He wants to compete. I mean, he's when, when asked about um, retiring Golden State, he's been pretty consistent, but the one caveat he's had a few times is, you know, as long as he feels like, the franchise is putting him and is feeling competitive uh, for a championship, you know? So this, this off season is what it is. They have, they're not going to have more assets than they have right now. Um, I, I can't go back and forth with the value of a pick before and after a draft. Obviously if, if, if you're the team trading a pick and trading four picks, you want the control. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a team that's, that's trading the picks, you know, you want to know which guys you're getting. So this is it. This is kind of the time they have. This is the best chance they have to improve the roster really, really meaningfully. So they got to they gotta really knock that out of the park. Yeah, I agree. I think the worst thing they can do really is sit there at 7 and 14, like choose guys that they believe they can develop and just bank on that again. And I think playing with the goodwill of guys like Steph, Clay, and Draymond, who've given so much to the franchise and, you know, just because they got – yeah, just because they got, you know, paid a lot of money along the way doesn't mean they didn't make sacrifices. And I think to see the front office sort of, you know, like downplay those concerns and keep chugging along with their process would be a big red flag. So I would hope that there are moves being made now, yeah. either now or on draft night. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And again, like you can't take those guys for granted. You can't take Draymond for granted or Steph or Clay, obviously. Um and those guys, like they, we all know they check their social media, man. They're seeing yeah. the same stuff we are. They're seeing all the, you know, the Steph can't resign. Steph, don't do this. Steph, like, if you want to win, it's what you should do. And again, like, I think Steph's far above the the concerns of us pissants. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, 
you do but see I mean, those it, things. It is. You know? I mean, he's, he's like, yeah, like you said, he, he, <clears throat> he came out and like would talk shit against like whatever you saw on Twitter. So, um, you know, it's, I, th- I think regardless of what happens, there's going to be a lot of reactions. Um, I hope I just, I'm praying for the front office, honestly, like they they have the opportunity to really, you know, speed, uh, or what's the word, streamline this, you know, starting of the restarting of the dynasty or like the comeback or whatever. Um, or they have an opportunity to piss everyone off and really, um, and just, I honestly think it's just because of ego, man, just seeing that, you know, player development and obviously the Wiseman thing didn't work out last year. And I think obviously still a project and, um, still a long way to go. I still think he's going to be a good player. Um, but in the front office is just, you know, we've seen them kind of double down on that. You know, we were light years ahead of everyone. I think they, they kind of have that Jerry, uh, Jerry Krause mentality of it's a, it's a team, not the, or whatever team, not the players, or whatever. And I hope we don't see that. I hope the, I hope the front office knows what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they're obviously doing their research and stuff, but don't, don't fuck this up, man. Yeah. You really can't say enough. And again, you got to, I think we all believe most reasonable people think James Wiseman is going to be a really good player at some point in this league. Um, Just don't know if it matches up with, don't know if it'll be in three, five, six years, you know, but he's got more talent than, than uh, a lot of most guys in the league. Uh, But just the, and again, I I wanted Wiseman to be clear. I did not want to touch LaMelo, but the the miss there is I'm not a front office member, you know, Um, none of us are. So you got to hope these guys, again, it's two years in a row. It's two years in a row with a GM who right now is, um, I think Bob Myers is great, but you gotta you gotta do the job and you gotta succeed, right? And then if and same with Lakeup, man, that guy's reputation's on the line in a really weird way, considering the success he's had in the last ten years. But uh, if he messes this up in any way, where Steph, if Steph is even, if there's any reports that Steph is remotely close to thinking about leaving, we've they messed up. People are throwing stones through that guy's windows, man. He's he is not in good shape. If, yeah, if Steph is angry, like the Warriors fans will riot. That is a hundred percent guaranteed. No one's like, blaming Steph. Yeah, the, like there's no, no, there's nothing he can do. Like there's besides what he's already done, and for the front office to consistently mess up, um, it's just there's. If I was Steph, I'd be like, Yo, man, I'm getting the hell out of here. Like, it, no, even no, if the Warriors, that, like, you know, if they just like kept pouring stuff in and like trying to add all these players, and you know, if we look back like five, ten years from now, and we're just like, damn, you know, like couldn't get another title with Steph like he retired in a Warriors jersey but like all these draft prospects you know Wiseman's doing great whatever it's like hey you know at least we tried to do it again like let's not you know let's not open up the possibility for like the greatest player in the history of the franchise like exactly leaving or becoming pissed off or like going out sad at the end of his career like pour it in like we'll we the fans would not care at all about like I don't care about the team in 2045. If, if the, yeah, I don't care about the draft pick in 2035 or whatever. I want to see Steph Clay and Draymond win another ring. I think everybody wants to see that. Warriors fans want to see that. Players want to see that. Make it happen, Joe. Make it happen, Bob. Goddamn. We just want to watch Jordan Poole usher in the next era after I'm Steph. I'm saying, man. Pass the torch, Poole, man. Just do it, man. He's he's looking nice, too. You see him at the, the Jamal Crawford uh, pro am? Dude looking yeah, cold, man. Throwing a little self-oop. Yeah, that's, oh, that was cold, man. That's, it was, it was, I'm excited, man. Regardless of what it is, the Warriors are going to be nice next year, hopefully. Um, but uh, big, big, there's big, a, uh, big there's a reason we didn't talk about JP this whole podcast. That man is untouchable. Oh, he's, he's, he's going to reach Steph levels of just uh, fandom soon. I can, I can sense it. 
the ridiculous parts of me actually think that though i hope you guys realize that like they're oh, the, I, I, I don't want that I'm guy going anywhere man i'm, I'm all in the jordan pool man i'm on the jordan pool hype I, i'm in the deep end man I'm, i've let my breath out of my body i'm sinking to the bottom dude and I've, <laughs> i have no intention of going back up man 100%. i'm willing to go down the full like you know no james harden trade we want to keep tyler hero like i want to treat jordan pool that <laughs> yeah, way like, he's, he's, right. he's, he's, got that kind of, he's got that kind of swag right now it's nice <laughs> Well, guys, I think it's been a successful uh, first pod back since our our, uh, our rehab from that wound-licking loss in May. Um, I'm excited for Thursday. We got to get one more in before Thursday, uh, and then one afterwards this week, obviously. But, boys, it's been good to be back. Hey, we back, baby. We back. Signing off, Charlie. Yeah, Gotham, you guys got to plug anything before we go? Uh, Charlie, I'll let you go first, man. You got all the content. Oh, yeah. Uh, check out all my draft pieces on Fansided under Blue Man Hoop, uh, doing some prospect reports on guys the Warriors could be drafting. Uh, also, check out the Hoops Avengers show this Tuesday. Uh, I'll be doing a little guest drafting for doing a full mock draft, top 30. Uh, I'll be drafting for the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Should oh, be a lot of fun little, to see what goes down little, with that. Uh, that's a little cool. Yeah, Gotham, Gotham wants to call you a traitor right now. Is what he's yeah, low key, low key. But um, <laughs> no, I'm sure I'm playing. Hey, as long as you as long as you tank it for them, I'm cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sabotage. Oh yeah, Gotham. Hey, for me, man, uh, check out uh, check out Charlie's pieces, man. Check out Charlie's pieces. Give vote for Matt for Teacher of the Year. Um, what else? Go cop some merch on Fan Allegiance. Um, follow me on social media. That's what's up. Other than that, guys, yo, great to be back. Um, big week coming up, like Matt said, and we're going to be dropping a lot more content. So follow us, Game 6 Clay Pod. Um, keep listening, man. Big season. All right, peace.